Hi, and welcome back to the Cleocast. My name is Matt. And I'm RC. And we have some cool stuff to talk about today. But we had a personal finance lecture at work today. Oh, yeah? Which seemed really just kind of like patronizing. It does sound patronizing, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's like, you need to plan for your future. And they brought in the lady from whoever like manages or like retirement plans and she's you need to plan for your future everyone needs to learn about this really cool guy named dave ramsey Ooh! and i was like all right so we're we're wasting time for you to tell me about a cool radio host and author dave ramsey you know pensions aren't illegal you guys could just like do that instead of making me have to invest in the stock market for my retirement yeah and uh my uh company also likes to claim that oh we have great like 401k matches and i know people probably don't have a 401k and this is coming from a point of privilege but when they say like we match 50 percent of six percent and like isn't that just three percent couldn't you just say three percent why do you have to say 50 percent of six six percent yeah that is kind of a roundabout way of saying three percent I guess they match half of your donation up to 6% of your paycheck, I guess. Yeah, a contribution. But, but I, that I, is just 3%. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think they want to, the, the percentage to sound bigger. My company just matches up to 6%. So Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. But we had a personal finance lecture about ways to like handle the uh, new financial changes in this ever-changing world. And I was like, you could, I mean. Do those involve raises or yeah, I mean, inflation? Or? It, it, yeah, Just cut out yeah. the avocado toast. Yeah, it, it kind you, of, you have to take it upon yourself to be more Yeah, let, let's, as a company, pay for a personal finance lecture. Yeah. Instead of paying people. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what's important, you know. Yeah. Got to do more with less. Got to do more with less. Other than that, have some spring cleaning to take care of because it's finally not depressing in the Midwest. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. We've been doing gardening all last weekend. Are, are you going to set up a little, like, community garden? Because I know uh, my girlfriend wants to set up a community garden. And um, Community garden, I, I don't know. I think we might change our front lawn to clover. Instead Uh, of grass. But, I mean, I'm going to set up a garden garden. (laughs) Probably some pots out in the front lawn and stuff. We're doing like a little river rock thing in our backyard. Uh, And I hope it works. We got like a chain drain. Have you heard of that before? Like, instead of having a gutter spout, we have a chain that goes from the hole down to the uh, ground. Because the idea is that the water tension, like, sticks to the metal and follows it. But isn't that just going to rust the chain? Ah, oh, but it's like bronze or something. Uh, it's not like stainless steel. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm just excited for kind of warm weather because I, I get to wear my uh, Hawaiian shirts again. Well, I, it's nice out today, and you were in a sweater and jeans, and I'm in shorts and a T-shirt. It's like, well, oh, it, it, it was cold when I got off work, like a bit chilly because I was wearing a polo shirt, and I had to wear like a... Uh, I don't know, man. I'm like sweating. I'm uh, I'm, I'm cruising. Yeah, like I I finally warmed up after I took a walk and left walked a bit around. It is like, it is like fifty degrees outside. I think. Uh, so. well, I just don't want to. <laughs> our audience, it's not seventy degrees out. It's like no. fifty. It's finally above like thirty Fahrenheit. degrees outside. Fahrenheit, fifty degrees. Oh Fahrenheit. come on, you you could you could guess. Yeah, we're a Casey basically podcast, and I'm saying it's fifty degrees outside. <laughs> you can make that assumption. Yeah. 
But speaking of Kansas City, Kansas City got $1 million to uh, do a survey to figure out a way to reconnect a community split by a highway. This is a uh, KCUR, the NPR affiliate station's article. Kansas City's West Side awarded $1 million federal grant to reconnect community split by I-35. Now, uh, this area over here uh, along Summit is actually really nice. I really like this area. Uh, they have some great Mexican restaurants, and it also connects to Southwest Boulevard. Yeah, I know you're at Manny's Head, which is on the other side of the highway. Well, Manny's Head, Torreon Head, Me Ranchito Head. Yeah, even Jose Peppers. I'm kind of disappointed in myself for eating Jose Peppers as much as I do, but I don't know. I just like it. I used I worked there like nine years ago, but yet I still eat there despite the things I've seen. Oh, uh, dude, don't worry. I uh, constantly eat Quick Trip. Yeah. Okay. That's you know I went into the Quick Trip you used to work at um, the other day for reasons. And just the smell hit me. I, I hadn't, I haven't been in a quick trip in like probably a year. And just the smell of just the, the dried soda. And like, it's, it's just like, I had like a visceral reaction of just like, Oh God, just like everything came flooding back. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite memories from that, uh, working at a shitty gas station was, uh, my manager basically rolling up like, hey, Matt, can you go, like, uh, clean the bathroom? <laughs> and then I walk in, and someone had pooped in the urinal. Yes. And I, it, I I was telling that story to some friends the other day, and they're just like, I think he just, he knew and told you to go clean the bathroom because he knew. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, and I was like, dude, you don't, I did it, but, like, I was around. not paid enough to do that. He turned around and was like, not my job. Not, <laughs> not, not my job. Not my job, even though I am the manager. I am going to tell a random college student who is working in a gas station kitchen to go yeah. do it instead. I don't think I had any experiences that bad. Just the whole experience in general was bad because I also used to work at the same shitty gas station. Just a different location, but yeah. It was just a lot of... Not enough people. They they refuse to hire enough people. <laughs> oh no! Everyone can do everything. Yeah. And then you then you worked at a different shitty gas station that was just like a box. That one was better actually though because they they. So I worked at Quick Trip has like a kitchen and like a whole like thing you know like coolers and all that stuff. So there's like constantly stuff you have to clean or whatever. But the one I worked at uh, at a Dylan's, it was just you're locked in a box and you just sell like sell stoner cigarettes. There's nothing to clean really. And you just kind of get to listen to music or like podcasts and stuff cuz uh, it's a soundproof box. Like you have a microphone to the outside. So you can just be like watching YouTube the entire time cuz I closed. So I was there till like 11 o'clock and not that many people come by uh cigarettes uh at the Dillon's gas station. More than you probably, well, actually probably about as many as you would expect. Yeah, yeah no, it, 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 it's a gas station. Yeah, I, I was about to say. But but uh, the west side. Well, yeah, we got completely yeah, <laughs> sidetracked. Completely sidetracked talking about shitty jobs at gas stations. The west side welcomed in a rich and diverse community of Latin American immigrants. But it was broken up by the construction of I-35 in the late 1960s. Kansas City will develop a comprehensive plan to increase mobility and connectivity, repair the community, and redress inequalities and barriers. 
inequities, yeah, inequities <laughs> and barriers to opportunity. Now there are, uh, yeah, th- this is fantastic uh, because this neighborhood has some uh, great bones, not mm-hmm. for gentrification. I really hope it doesn't get gentrified if this happens, but uh, well, that's a know. big that's a big worry about what they're having with like. Uh, 18th of Vine and like all those, like the Paseo and all that with the streetcar construction, the East West, this is just basically being a gentrification machine for all those neighborhoods. So I think if they can do this right, like rebuild the communities and stuff and reconnect them and do all that kind of stuff, that'll be good groundwork for every future project, such as the one where they're going to pave over or whatever, build a thing on, uh, was it 670? Do you the, have any idea what I'm talking the, about? Where you cover up the downtown loop? Yes. Yeah, that they would cover up the bottom part of the loop and build a little park thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for context, uh, there is a basically a donut around Kansas City's uh, downtown, which blocks off access to the river and then completely splits off downtown from the crossroads, which is the hip, like, artistic neighborhood. And, but there's a massive, like, six-lane highway that runs in between it. Now, the proposal is to basically cover that up, and the highway would have access. It would be underground, but there would be, uh, you know, a, ba- a ma- massive outdoor park with, like, streets in between it, and yeah. basically it would be a green space. Much better to walk to, too. Yeah. And, and for context, also, we did do an entire episode on the highways in Kansas yeah. City that you can listen to if you uh, want to after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Now, back to the article. A newly announced $1 million grant is expected to help reestablish a Kansas City neighborhood that was cut off from itself and opportunity thanks to past transportation infrastructure decisions. Part of a $1 billion plan to right what many called decades-long wrongs largely perpetrated against historic communities of color. In the first round of funding for the Reconnecting Communities pilot program established by President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law, the U.S. Transportation Transportation Department is awarding 39 planning grants and six capital construction grants, totaling $185 million in awards. Among them, $1 million in funding to be used to study how to reconnect Kansas City's west side neighborhood to the rest of the community's commercial and residential centers. This is fantastic. Yeah. Writing the wrongs of highways, which we've, you know, we've talked about before, and if you, uh, Recently, I've seen on Twitter uh, some of those even like more like the culture critic. I'm not sure if you've seen his Twitter account, but he's a bit uh, the one with like the Greek statue. Yeah, he's a bit uh, he's he's bad. Um, I'm not a fan of him, but he did post the picture of Kansas City where you're it's looking down Main Street. Doing like the return. This is what they took from us. It, it, and well, the comment was death of the American city. And it was like yeah, that I mean, looking. That's... And it's just like if you turn around, the city is there. And it is unfortunate that all that happened. And I'd, I'd really wish it was back. But I we... don't want them deciding, you know, what is best for Kansas City based off of a yeah. picture. I think we just need to take what we have and, you know, improve around it with best we can. Because I don't think at this point we can fully just delete everything because it's like ingrained like we shouldn't delete everything again but we can definitely do this and yeah. the other program and make it better yeah and basically the, just revise it to be more livable yeah and, and instead of you know doing a comment about like oh let's just rebuild a exact copy of a building from like the 1880s Kansas City had this is way better where we're trying to like actually work with the community that now lives there to connect them into 
the entire overarching Kansas City system and instead of them feeling isolated on their own island, separated by the highway. Yeah. Now back to the article. The West Side community is home to immigrants from Mexico, Central, and Latin America who created a rich and diverse neighborhood that was a mix of housing, restaurants, and businesses, according to the Transportation Department. That community is now separated by I-35, which built in the late 1960s, and other rail systems. I don't, I don't know what that last part means. I guess I-35 is uh, the nation's largest railroad. Oh, okay. Uh, there are some railroads over there, but I'm not sure if that's where they were. I think the railroads existed... I think they existed before the highway. I think that that's why they yeah, put they, the highway there. They, 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 the railroads existed before the highway because that's basically yeah. like this neighborhood is basically parallel from the tracks from Union Station. So the, high, the community would have developed. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. The city of Kansas City, Missouri will develop a comprehensive plan to increase mobility and connectivity, repair the community, and redress inequities and barriers to opportunity throughout the west side of kansas city the department said and this is a quote transportation should connect not divide people and communities said pete Buttigieg, u.s secretary of transportation who was in kansas city monday for the opening of the region's new airport terminal quote we are proud to announce the first grants of our reconstruct reconnecting communities program, which will unite neighborhoods, ensure the future is better than the past, and provide Americans with better access to jobs, healthcare, groceries, and other essentials. End quote. Yeah, I mean, Pete was in town, and he was in town for a while. And uh, I think it's funny to state it again that he spent more time in Kansas City opening a fancy new airport than he did with like the national disaster in East Palestine. Yeah. Which apparently is pronounced Palestine. Palestine. But I don't really care. Um, I think it's funnier to say Palestine. Well, I mean, they still, I mean, he probably should have done these like PR pictures and stuff in like East Palestine, East Palestine. Then he should, because like there's a nice picture of him at the Kansas City airport, but. I, and I, I kind of hate to say this, but I did Pete have any part in the construction or like anything with the airport? Was well, that it, just him taking credit? Isn't the FAA technically under the Department of Transportation? I mean, yeah, but the FAA didn't pay for the new airport. Like, like you have to get FAA approval for like airport like operations. But this is kind of the city of Kansas City's thing. Not really the. I don't think we got any money from the Department of Transportation for this. I mean, and it started construction in like 2018, I think. I just, I just, it's funny when the federal guys come in and just insert themselves into like accomplishments and be like, yes, yeah. I did such a good job. Here's me talking about this. Well, and the photo on the article is absolutely a fantastic, like if you crop out Mayor Quentin Lucas, who was in there because this is a local Kansas City article. But if you crop that, uh, Pete has a fantastic picture, which will make great for his uh, probably presidential run he'll make at some point yeah. because the light shining on his face, he can say we opened up this new brand new airport. It's great. Uh, basically cutting the ribbons and kissing the babies right now. Yeah. He he wasn't... I don't think he's running against Biden, right? That'd be no. like a 2020, what, eight thing? Yeah, I mean, and he is young enough, and he will now have a good amount of resume items other than being mayor of South Bend, Indiana. South Bend. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the article. 61% of residents in the northern section of the west side and 47% of residents in the southern section now live below the poverty level, according to the Transportation Department. The I-35 viaduct was has passed its project lifespan and will need to be replaced in the coming years. 
The Kansas City project proposes changes to the viaduct structure or underpass Beardsley Road and West Penway to improve transit access and to address the barrier. Which I will say, I was uh, by 35, by I-35. Yeah. Uh, like under it, you know, kind of in like the community in Kansas City, Kansas recently. And, you know, there's like ramps under it for kind of like water drainage and stuff. Yeah. There was like, like half of the paneling was just like cracked and destroyed and missing the concrete stuff. Oh, that's it's not like, good. It, it's like destroyed. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, probably not the best. I mean, it's just the water drainage so that, you know, it doesn't seep under the structure and start degrading it. It's probably not that important, but no. definitely probably needs a rehaul. And I mean, if, if they do find a way to kind of move around I-35, maybe they'll finally be a use for the old old Imperial Brewery, which yeah. um, for people who haven't driven uh, driven north on I-35, uh, there is a old brewery that's been abandoned for years that's now just a ruin that is literally like feet away from the highway. Yeah. And and you see it, you cannot miss it if you take I-35 north into Kansas City. And it's a shame that that's, you know, there uh, and not being used, but... I mean, it looks know. cool. They used it for like haunted houses and all that stuff. Ha- have they used it for haunted house? They, I think some company like four years, five years ago took over. I think that's its most recent usage, oh. but they didn't really get anything out of it. So it's just abandoned again. Because I know there's a bunch of haunted houses in those warehouses in uh, the West Bottoms. But yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the article. As with the West Side Initiative in Kansas City, the first round of grants through the program is intended to fund construction and planning for transformative communities, community-led solution, including capping interstates with parks, hey, filling. We just in, talked about that. We did just talk about that, filling in sunken highways to reclaim land for housing, converting inhospitable transportation facilities into tree-lined corporate, not corporate, complete streets. And creating new crossings through public transportation, bridges, tunnels, and trails. These projects are expected to help revitalize communities, provide access to jobs and opportunity, and reduce pollution. A new Reconnecting Communities Institute has been established to provide technical assistance to grant recipients, prioritizing those that serve economically disadvantaged disadvantaged communities. And this is going to be a quote. Open quote, transportation infrastructure should help people get where they need to be, but too often in our nation's history, transportation infrastructure has done the opposite by dividing neighborhoods and cutting off communities from opportunity, the Department of Transportation said in a press release. Again, open quote, for example, highways and rail lines can be physical barriers preventing residents from easy access to social and economic opportunities. This burn is is often felt most by communities of color, end quote. I mean, yeah, highways were used as a tool for, you know, complete destruction. I mean, literally, like, yeah, just like, look at, like, all of them around Kansas yeah. City. And, I mean, uh, look up uh, the Kansas City Blitz, and you can see. Yeah, I think that was the article we used for our yeah. episode. But the the KC highways, yeah, we went into a lot more comprehensively there because that whole episode was basically just focused on it. So if you want... Like a really kind of us going in depth onto that specific portion of it, but yeah, they they definitely picked the neighborhoods they bulldozed through in most regions purposefully. Yeah, Kansas City is no exception to that. 
garment district, quality hill, thirty-five, or the west side, or the west side, which has. Well, I, I can't say this. I actually want to go and get food there again because yeah. they have great restaurants. Well, that's where Boulevard is, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the roastery is also down there. Oh, that's where the roastery is. Yeah. Oh, okay, then yeah, I've been there all the time. Yeah. We parked there for the uh, Royals Parade in 2015. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice area. I saw um, a train parked when I was driving through there, like probably a month ago, and they just had a what's the one with the arching, like a backhoe on top of the train, just kind of like shoveling stuff out of it. And it was just <laughs> no, no, like wires or anything. It was just driving on the cars, like on top of the train. Yes, on top of the train cars, <laughs> shoveling like like coal or whatever out of it it was just it was just bizarre <laughs> did that have a machine for that did no have... it was just like a regular backhoe like a cat one <laughs> just on like the tank treads it, it's just like i didn't I pointed out it's just like what what are they doing <laughs> it wasn't there when i went back so i i have to imagine they succeeded but yeah all right yeah. All right, back to the article. President Biden last week issued a new executive order directing agencies to further advance racial equity and support for unserved, underserved communities. Please don't say undeserved. <laughs> underserved. Underserved. <laughs> underserved communities, including through through federal actions that strengthen urban equitable development and expand economic opportunity in rural communities. Open quote. Restoring communities like these helps give everyone a fair chance at accessing jobs and essential services such as healthcare services, grocery stores, and places of worship, close quote, according to the Transportation Department. Yes, that is true. Thanks, Transportation Department. President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act also established a new $3 billion program called the Neighborhood Access and Equality Grant Program, which can also fund projects to reconnect communities. U.S. DOT anticipates launching this program later this spring. Buttigieg previously announced $48.2 million in federal funds for five Kansas City projects through the Rebuilding American Infrastructure with Sustainability and Equity, and that's going to be acronym RAISE program, also funded through Biden's Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. Two of these products are focused on reconnecting east-west communities into the metro. Yes! I like that. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, th- thank you, Buttigieg. I- I'm sorry we've been trashing you about not being in East Palestine, Palestine. Seems- I'll keep trashing you. It's funny. I mean, he-, he seems to really like Kansas City and has given us a lot of cool, mo- cool money. So yeah, that's, that's nice. True. But I will take federal money. But we can also get money from other places. Right, such as how Missouri started selling legal recreational weed one month ago. How's it going so far? From KCUR. Yeah, that was a good segue. This uh, is by Savannah Holly Bates and Carlos Moreno, because uh, you know we legalized weed uh, a month ago. A month ago, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's been spotty from uh, experiences that I've heard about uh, where some stores are not as uh, put together as others, but uh, there's some that it works just like any other dispensary and some that are still acting like the old medical system. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing. I wouldn't know. Yeah. But Missouri's recent legalization of recreational adult use marijuana has opened to new opportunities for more people to buy from dispensaries. Experts say the state's relatively low prices and taxes have created a, quote, can of tourism industry. I know there's been a drive. Uh, I've seen a bunch of those stuff for, like, open smoking areas where, like, 
the development of that smoky river thing yeah yeah that, that big pavilion thing they're planning yeah. up on the north side yeah isn't that by the casey current stadium i i think it would be up by casey currents the new casey current stadium yeah. uh for context casey current is the uh women's soccer team in yeah. uh, kansas city it's the only women's soccer team that's getting its own dedicated stadium and it's gonna look real cool and yeah. it's getting a streetcar line right to its door yep yep it's getting a streetcar line before like the airport or Arrowhead or uh, it's going to be the first stadium connected. Yeah, and it, it's also getting a streetcar line before any of the uh, east or west communities that are. Uh, yeah, they basically just leapfrogged it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess that's important. Uh, but it's been one month since Missouri began approving licenses for dispensaries to sell recreational marijuana, February third. In less than 30 days, Missouri's nearly 200 dispensaries made about $103 million in weed sales. Nearly $72 million of that came from recreational sales. According to Andrew Mullins, Executive Director of the Missouri Cannabis Trade Association, or MOCAN, Missouri has already outpaced Illinois in adult use sales. The state is the only one bordering Missouri that also has a do- uh, recreational use. The first month of adult-use cannabis sales in Illinois generated about $39 million, about $33 million less than Missouri's first month. We stay so, winning. Yeah, we, we Missouri and— Despite having Chicago, we stay winning. Yeah, and uh, just doing the math, if that $72 million stayed uh, basically the same across this entire year— uh, for 12 months, we Missouri would have pulled in $864 million in revenue just off that $72 million number. It's a decent chunk of change. Yeah. It's decent. You can use that for things. Yeah. That would be about half the new airport we just built. Yeah. Or uh, that would be, uh, what, like 85% of whatever the Royal Stadium mm-hmm. would be. And that airport was over like five years, I think, so... Getting half of that in one year, yeah, that's a yeah, decent. And I don't. That would almost double Casey's like annual budget. Well, so the thing is, is that that all the money is going to Jefferson City, so they'll be able to allocate that. So I don't think Kansas City is going to see quite a lot of it. I know, but it's just like that's a decent amount of a uh, decent amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that's more than, uh, this is a quote, that's more than double what Illinois did in a state with twice the population, Mullen said. So it really shows the interest and excitement for the new adult use industry in Missouri. So if sales continue the way they did in February, Mullen says the industry could top $1 billion in revenue this year. Hey, that's what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> a booming tourism industry dedicated to marijuana. Mullins believes that part of those sales come from, quote, canna tourism. People coming from surrounding states purchase legal weed that is oftentimes cheaper than in their home state. All of the states that border Missouri, with the exception of Illinois, do not allow recreational weed use. Those laws, plus Missouri's relatively low taxes on the product, have made customers come in from out of state to purchase cannabis. Quote, Canada tourism folks make decide to come to Missouri to access and utilize cannabis, Mullen says. That seems to also be having an impact on the amount of sales Missouri's experiencing. Lori Gregory, the chief marketing officer for Good Day Farms, says the company's stores in cities that border other states, like Kansas City and Independence, were visited by a lot of out-of-state customers. Oh, oh, oh really? The uh, two stores oh, yeah, near the Kansas yeah. border? Surprisingly, a lot on state line. Huh? <laughs> Business is booming. Uh, I quote, uh, opening weekend, we had patients patience it's guys it's recreational we don't have we don't have to do this you can just say the right we had patients who drove from texas and illinois gregory says these are states around missouri that don't have a program 
anecdotally, what we hear is that border town dispensaries are having significant sales because of that. I, I, y- yes, I could have yeah, told the, you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even the uh, district attorney of one county near the border on the Kansas side has uh, said that it is a Trojan horse. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. It's just like... yeah. Besides customers coming from in-states that don't have recreational dispensaries, Gregory says that some come from Illinois because of the lower prices. Quote, at different stores, we have flower strains priced from 25 to 40, Gregory says. In Illinois, it's anywhere from 30 to 60. Benzinga, an investment reporting website, reported in February that the least expensive weed in the Midwest belong to Missouri. According to the report, the median price for a one-eighth ounce of flour in Missouri was $36. In Illinois, that same amount cost 50 Jack Cardetti, a spokesman for Mocan, says prices come down to accessibility. Illinois currently has 113 dispensaries for 12 million people, while Missouri has 196 for about 6 million people. Taxes are another factor. While Illinois' taxes are based on potency, Missouri has a flat 4% state tax for medical cardholders. Recreational customers have a 6% state tax with an option for municipalities to add a 3% local tax. Okay, so everyone should be at the 3% local tax, right? You're insane if your yeah, municipality just, doesn't just, have to just do it. Yeah. Just, or you do a 2.9% local tax, so it's slightly cheaper than every other municipality. Hmm. That way you get, you know, people coming, hey, I'm going to go to, like, uh, Independence to get my weed because it's, like, 30 cents cheaper per ounce. They can treat it like gas prices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, the the taxing it based off potency, that's just, do, do you tax alcohol based on, like, proof? It ever clears the most expensive booze out there. Yeah, it's like, that, that seems kind of kind of stupid. <laughs> Like it just seems like a backwards way of taxing a what, product. What Illinois is backwards and does stupid thing. Wow! Wow! Who would have thought? But back to the article, though. Uh, as a quote, not only are the retail prices lower in Missouri than Illinois, but when you actually factor in the higher taxes in Illinois, the take-home price is significantly lower, Cardetti says. We've seen time and time again, if you tax marijuana too much, people will continue to access the illicit market, which is exactly what legalization is meant to prevent. Changing conceptions about cannabis users. Bryce Chapman moved to Missouri from the Pacific Northwest. He says he appreciates that dispensaries were allowed to open in neighborhoods with what seemed like a minimum amount of fuss. Quote, something that happened in Seattle was there was a law that the store couldn't be within some number of feet of a school, which was like all of Seattle, he says. And so it was like, where are we going to put these places? So they had to work through that kind of stuff. I feel like Missouri just blew through all that political stuff. That's probably the first time anyone's ever said that about the state of Missouri. Uh, it, yeah, honestly, like I am in, in Missouri has had a rockin' month. Because they've pulled off, well, on one side of the state, pulled off a massive airport deal, pulled off legalization of marijuana across the state, yeah. and all around is generally looking, okay, looking up in infrastructure and income-wise, looking real down when it comes to uh, trans issues and any stuff involving that, because Missouri is also a uh, right-wing nut job state. I mean, we got Josh Hawley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that? What was it? <sighs> I keep thinking Zach Granke, but I know he's like a pitcher for the Royals. What was that? Was Eric Greitens? Yeah, I'm too. Yeah, the the former governor of Missouri who did kidnap someone. Yeah, yeah. he kidnapped someone. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, uh, so Missouri's looking up in some ways, but is looking real down in others. And uh, it, trans- it, it evens out, you know. No, it it, 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 it doesn't even <laughs> even out. Trans people deserve rights. That's fair. That's fair. 
But anyways, the Chapmans also likes that some felony marijuana offenses can be expunged under the Constitutional Amendment legalizing recreational sales in Missouri. I do, I do remember that being a big part of the law was a lot of people who were pro-weed were against the law because it didn't like do enough to kind of being in jail for weed possession while weed is fully legal, you know, like getting those people out of jail because it's just stupid. And also uh, the licensing for like dispensaries. I remember that being another sticking point, but it seems to not have mattered that yeah. much. Well, so the licensing is kind of stupid. From my understanding, basically every single county gets the same amount of licenses. Yeah. So Jackson County, which is the county which the bulk of uh, the population of Kansas City, Missouri is in, has the same amount of licenses as a county in the middle of nowhere in Missouri that has like 5,000 people in it. Which I, I guess spaces it out, but... I mean, but like... If every county gets uh, 50 dispensaries, stretching f- stretching 50 across Kansas City is difficult. Whereas, what are you going to do? Put 50 dispensaries in a county in the middle of nowhere? Yes. Is everyone going to have exactly 50 Everybody's going to get their own dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> you just have your own one. <laughs> How big can you make it? Can there be like a guy in like... like one of those counties like a bit further down I-70 where it's like kind of a drive build basically like a massive weed superstore, like a like a kind of like grocery store size store that's just weed. Like, like a Lucas. Yeah. Lucas cannabis. Superstore. Yeah. Yeah, just a massive just, like store where you get like your grocery. Okay. I, I don't really partake in weed that really at all. Is there enough variety to get something like I, that? I, I, I don't like, I don't know, but I think the novelty of like, yeah, <laughs> we are a like football field sized dispensary. Like that would be funny, but it's just like I feel like you'd have to make we, we need to make like meth and stuff legal just so we can actually have that. Just like like Dave's drug emporium. Yeah. Like you can go get like cocaine and stuff over the counter which is like a football field size like auditorium uh, imagine the parking in that parking lot (laughs) 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 no catalytic converters anywhere (laughs) 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 you just set up an auto repair store next to it you just make bank yeah oh my god we should we should bring back drunk driving we should do it it's already half legal in Missouri. Yeah, uh, you can you can you can drink in the passenger seat in Missouri. That is insane. I don't know why you're allowed to do that. Why are you? Why is your like person sitting next to you allowed to just pound beers while you drive? It's incredible. I mean, why shouldn't they be able to? It's not like they're driving. That that's the one thing where it's like that kind of makes sense because it's like why can't the person in the back seat be pounding like a glass of Chardonnay while I'm driving? Like it's not like they're gonna have to do anything. <laughs> Or you can get the you just switch with the passenger, you know. <laughs> uh, no, no officer, it's legal for me to drink. I, I know a guy who actually uh, got a got a DUI uh, switching because he thought he was uh, kind of sober enough to pass the DUI test. He, he was did. not. He was not. And he he was the passenger, and he yeah. just switched. And, and, and he switched to be the driver, That's and then and then got the DUI. That's a rough way. It, it is a rough way. <laughs> I just like nope. No, no, I'm I'm just a passenger. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk it. That's on you, bud. Yeah, sorry, bud. Should have driven straighter. Should <laughs> <laughs> should skill issue. Skill issue. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the article. Uh, so Mullins of Mocan says there's broader acceptance of marijuana use. He says, "quote 
I've been in the industry five years, and in just that time, the conversations I have now are completely different than the conversations I had five years ago, Mullen says. You've got folks that just didn't socially or culturally accept cannabis as medicine, and we're still operating off of old perceptions and ideals. I think that's changed so dramatically in the last few years. He says people visit dispensaries across the state for a variety of reasons, from medicinal use to relaxation to social interaction. Quote, it's a lot of the present. Let me restart. It's a lot of that presence across these communities where people are like, I think this could help me and I want to get access to this. Some of these folks might be starting the weekend, but for a lot of folks, and we see this as the majority, they're really trying to use cannabis as a treatment for some things that may ail them. And it's experimenting with the product. Chapman bought weed before it was legal recreationally. He's found it accessible to buy from dispensaries and says the consistent, tra- straightforward pricing and unregulated product keeps him coming back. Quote, you can just go in, get what you need and leave, Chapman says. You don't have to find the guy with the right kind of stuff or anything like that. You can just go get exactly what you need. I really like how scientific it is. Like, do you want this much THC or do you want a higher dose? Do you want set? Sativa. Sativa. Sativa dominant? I don't know what that means. It's Uh, one of the strains. Okay. (laughs) Before it was just like, I'll just get what I can get. Joseph Armandi, I don't know why he said Joseph like that, is fairly new to buying recreational cannabis. Outside of From the Earth Dispenser in downtown Kansas City, he had just finished his third purchase from a dispensary. He says knowing exactly what he's getting will make his high more enjoyable. Quote, I'm experimenting, trying to find my best levels of in- indica and sativa. This is the first opportunity that I've had to really do that because I'm just used to buying from some random people. And you don't really know what you're getting. Cheryl Annan, co-founder of the Third Street Dispensary in Lee Summit, says many of her customers share Chapman's and uh, Armandi's feelings. While she says her dispenser is not able to compete with street pricing because of licensing and regulations, the quality and knowledge of the product to keep customers from buying their weed elsewhere. Quote, we can do and is worth every single... Why is... We can do and is worth... That is awful wording. Every single nickel is providing you that integrity and the safety of the product, Dannon says. You do not have to worry about it being accidentally or intentionally tainted with fentanyl or an additive that coagulates in your lungs. That knowledge is part of what made Armandi begin coming to dispensaries instead of buying his cannabis illicitly. He says he appreciates the bud tenders, as dispensary employees are often called, and the expertise they add. They're really knowledgeable and helpful, Armandi says. I feel like most of the people that are in dispensaries are also trying to figure out what exactly it is they like. So it takes a little bit more time, but it's like a fun experimentation process. Yeah. Honestly, it's awesome that it's legal and it's great revenue. And uh, although it's a bit more expensive, honestly, as we see here and what I've heard experiences as well is it's just way easier to just go to the store then have to yeah. like coordinate with someone i think that's the whole thing is it's just uh, a lot less sketchy a lot more just routine experience you know now i do find it funny uh thinking about just jobs and like being a bud tender sounds like one of those just kind of like shitty like middling paying jobs i'm gonna not i'm not gonna lie it sounds like the kind of guys that walk through like baseball games with the cooler full of bud lights yeah and then they're like, hey, Bud Light here. Bud Tender, get your Buds here. Yeah, not 
I'll take 15, please. Not, it, it, not knocking them, get, get paid how you get paid. It just sounds like it, I think it'd be kind of annoying having to deal with like weed guys. But I guess if you've been like selling, I guess, illegally for years and you have like a lot of knowledge of this one product, at least you can go legit and like put your expertise, your interest to use and actually like generate legal revenue that is taxable. Well, ta- state taxable. State taxable. Yeah, how, how do you work I, out I, the federal I, income tax? I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Because technically, they are breaking federal law by selling weed daily. But yeah, but like, I guess it's cash only, right? So they just report it as like tips, which the IRS probably does not like and is probably illegal. That's a good question. How do you do the IRS I, stuff? I don't know. We should maybe have like a natural expert on for that. Yeah, probably. Uh, also, I think it would be kind of funny if you like owned a dispensary but made like your employees get drug tested. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Mandatory marijuana testing. <laughs> I don't Being want... the forklift operator at the dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy who can't smoke pot. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, uh, other than that... Um, to the other side of the border, since we've been talking uh, mainly good about Missouri, other than them hating trans people and uh, tr- trans people have rights and should uh, not be treated like shit. Yeah. Um, Kansas wants to treat women like shit because uh, Chris Kobach, the attorney general of Kansas. I would say, I would say Kansas voted to not treat women like shit. Chris Kobach is the okay. problem here. So for, for context, Kansas in August, voted to protect abortion rights in the state. Then... Like uh, it is constitutional right. That, that, yeah, like you, it's in the Kansas State Constitution that un- you can have an abortion. Unlike Missouri. Abortion is banned in Missouri. Yes. So Kansans have to go to Missouri for weed, and uh, Missourians can go to Kansas for abortions. Abortion is, comp- is a protected right under the Kansas Constitution. But the uh, Attorney General of Kansas, Chris Kobach, who is a right-wing psycho... Uh, basically, like pressured Walgreens into not selling Plan B and abortion pills. Yeah. So we have another. Uh, another. Uh, another. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to read an entire article. We're just going to use it as a source. Yeah. Uh, it'll be in, in linked in the. All, we we always link everything in the description we use, yeah, but, even if we mention it. Uh, uh, Chris Kobach, along with 20 other Republican uh, attorney generals, basically sent a letter to Walgreens. They're, at, they're basically, this is just a CYA thing. Like, yeah. there, There's nothing actually that, that can be done. They're just like, well, we just don't want to get sued by a state. Yeah. We, we, we just really don't want to do that. E- even though, like, there wouldn't be really a lot of ground to get stand. Well, why would Chris Kobach, well, other than being a moron, try and sue a state in which, for something that is constitutionally protected in his state? Yeah. But yeah, so uh, the uh, abortion pills are banned uh, via Walgreens by our uh, psycho attorney general. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's nice. Anyway, I love it. Yeah. Apparently, they also sent a letter to uh, CVS, Costco, Walmart, Rite Aid, Albertsons, and Kroger, which. We don't have those here, but that's just, it's a general article. Well, we, we, have, we, have, we have Kroger because we have Dillon's. Nah. That's, a, that's a Kroger brand. I know. We don't have Kroger. We have yeah. Dillon's. Uh, but they didn't really do anything yet, so they probably yeah. will. Well, I mean, if Walmart does it, that's the big one, right? 
That would be a disaster. I uh, actually drove by the uh, Planned Parenthood clinic in uh, Kansas the other day, and uh, it was just on like a random like weekday in the afternoon, and there were still the people who stand outside saying abortion's murder, and that is... Oh, yeah, they, they do it all the, the, the time. Do, do they ever leave? Not really. I mean, I, I think they just like get paid by whatever organization they do like you know you donate to like an anti-abortion thing and then they just pay those guys to just be because they're the to, thing to just be like annoying dicks because what they do is it's not necessarily a they're trying to convince you the driver to do it what they do is it's an intimidation thing against when you pull up to the clinic and get out of your car and walk in because they will go up to people doing that and harass them and try to convince you, you know, oh, don't get it, you know, you, you, there's other options, you know, uh, just try to like guilt you, harass you, do whatever they can to stop it. That's what they're actually there for. I've seen videos That's, of them doing it in Can, uh, just outside Kansas City. That is really shitty. Why would, yeah, yeah. It, how, how do you like, do they feel good doing that? I think so. I think it's coming from the perspective that like it's murder or whatever. So I guess in their minds, it's like I'm saving a life, but I'm saving a life by, by being, being a dick. Yeah. But I mean, I think they generally stay on like sidewalks. So I guess they have first amount rights, but yeah, it's just, just the harassment angle of it. it's just kind of shitty because it's somebody already probably going through not a great time in their life and they're just having people yell at them and call them a murderer and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's, Excellent way to spend a. Well, that that's a really sad thing, and I'm really sad that the attorney general of Kansas is uh, doing this as well. Uh, and I don't really know how to transition to. We, we can't end it on this. We'll no. Um, oh, here, yeah, we had this one. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is. But if, if hard, 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 hard and aggressive gear shift over back over to the airport because Southwest Airlines is launching a new daily nonstop flight between Kansas City and Long Beach. Wow. It starts this Thursday. It's so, incredible. I'm going to do that every day. Yeah, it, it, it it's not LAX, but it is Long Beach, so it is in the LA area. And how I wonder how much it's going to cost. Um ten thousand dollars no probably like a hundred hundred fifty well i mean that's now a you know if you ever wanted to take a vacation to california via southwest airlines or if you ever want to take a vacation to kansas city yeah new southwest airlines shout out california come come check it out all of our long beach listeners or lbls as i like to call them uh hit us up (laughs) (laughs) uh well Anyway, okay. that, that's all we had. So um, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Clio History. You can email us at uh, CleoHistoryPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or ideas on episodes, we are lo- working on some more history episodes. Yeah, those uh, will be out probably within a month or two. I'm not going to yeah. commit. But yeah, we, we are working on like actual history yeah. series again. We, we, we are reading books and we're planning on doing better production value than our old episodes. Yeah. So uh, those will be pretty obvious when they come out because they're not going to be there'll be like a different title scheme. So yeah, just right. keep up for those. Yeah. And if you like this podcast, you can leave a review or uh, share it uh, anywhere you get your podcasts uh, is where we're at. I've been Matt. And I have been RC. Uh, And I would like to thank you for listening. Yep. Bye. Bye.